Welcome back, Giants fans. We have a video today going over Dave Gettleman's tenure as the Giants GM and kind of how it went wrong, where it went wrong. This was a video that was a long time coming, I'll put it that way. So anyway, once again, if you guys have not subscribed to the podcast version of this, please do so. MTN Giants Podcast, I would appreciate that. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this video. I'll try not to uh, hurt the feelings of Gettleman fans too much and be fair throughout this. And let me say off the top, this is not 100% Gettleman's fault. It's the guy who hired him. I mean, it's John Mayer. Let's, let's be honest. But Dave Gettleman has performed like a bottom five, bottom three, possibly the worst GM since being here. And he has to be held accountable for the Giants being a terrible football team. So with that being said, let's get into the video. So as a Giants fan that makes Giants videos for other Giants fans mostly, um, I've taken a lot of heat over Dave Gettleman the past few years because I started making Giants commentaries right around the time he was hired, which was late 2017. And um, I gave the man a clean slate. I wasn't thrilled with the hire because he had previous ties with the Giants and it was a comfortable in-house type hire that, you know, John Mara loves to do. So off the bat, I wasn't too fond of it, but I was like, okay, let me give Dave Gettleman a chance here. Let's see what happens. He trades Jason Pierre-Paul. I said, okay, that was a pretty nice move. I figured it was going to lead to a rebuild. Then like two weeks later, trades for Alec Ogletree. So, so much for that. And the thing that really set me over the edge with Gettleman, and I'm sure this will surprise nobody, was the Saquon Barkley pick. And I've voiced my opinion on, on this topic dozens and dozens of times as to why the Giants were in no position to take a running back second overall, why a team should never do it in the first place, especially the Giants coming off a 3-13 and season. Their quarterback was 37. They needed to go in a different direction, whether it was quarterback or trade back. Running back should not have been on the table. And that was a topic that a lot of Giants fans have argued over for years. I think now we kind of see why the Saquon Barkley pick wasn't worth it. I know he's been injured and not the same player, but even when Saquon Barkley had 2,000-something scrimmage yards in his rookie year, the Giants went to 5-11, so you tell me what that means. I actually almost forgot to put this slide in, but it's the first one I wanted to go over, so I want to talk about the situation that Dave Gettleman inherited because there are some people that really do believe Dave Gettleman inherited like the worst situation ever, and I kind of want to debunk that on top of the video here. So the Giants were coming off a 3-13 record, last in the division, obviously, a head coaching vacancy, which is always fun. As a GM, you get to come in and pick your own head coach, and the second over overall pick in the draft, which of course is awesome, and it was a very rich quarterback draft. Based on over-the-caps numbers, the Giants were projected to have at least $30 million in cap space with 41 players under contract. So there are people that for some reason believe when Gettleman took this Giants job, he had no money whatsoever and had to like work miracles to free up cap space, which is really not the truth. They had a good amount of cap space and they had to make some trades, of course, and you know, get rid of some guys. But for the most part, it wasn't the most difficult task to create cap space on this team. The guy had enough money to give Nate Solder the biggest left tackle contract in NFL history. He had enough money to give Patrick Omame $15 million, Kareem Martin $15 million, Jonathan Stewart over $8 million. This man was able to give out some pretty nice contracts for having quote unquote no money to spend. So some of the key guys on this roster, Eli Manning was 37, wide receiver Odell Beckham was only 25, Jason Pierre-Paul was 28, Damon Harrison, 29. Olivier Vernon was 27. Janoris Jenkins, 28. Landon Collins was still just a young buck, 23 years old. Justin Pugh was 27, but in a contract year. And their recent high draft picks, one was Eric Flowers, who was a bust at left tackle, but now actually kind of a good guard in the NFL for the Washington football team. Cornerback Eli Apple still plays with the Cincinnati Bengals. He's okay. 
Wide receiver Sterling Shepard, of course, still with the Giants. Evan Engram, same thing. And Dalvin Tomlinson, as we know, walked last year. So for some reason, people want to make it sound like Jerry Reese put this team in the worst situation in NFL history. But that's not really the case. The Giants were not in a good position at this time, but really 2017, they faced a ton of injuries. And in 2016, just two years prior, this was an 11-win football team, so they had talent on the roster. They also had some decent players like Devon Kennard and even Romeo Okwara, who had a really nice stretch with the Lions until he tore his Achilles this year. But Romeo Okwara was a guy the Giants let go for free. They just released him, and he was actually a good football player. So I made some beautiful graphics for you guys for each season here. We'll start with 2018, where they went 5-11. and And mind you, the Giants had a chance, of course, to... Hit the reset button and rebuild here in this 2018 offseason. This was a pivotal point here for the Giants, and Giants fans will look back to this offseason and go, this is where everything went wrong, and this is why the Giants are still the way they are here in 2021. Now, there are fans that for some reason don't understand the correlation of 2018 to today's Giants, but that's those people are kind of hopeless at this point. Um, all I'm saying is that if the Giants actually rebuilt in 2018, they'd be in a much better position today, most likely so. The team direction, the 2018 offseason and the first for Dave Gettleman was where everything started to go downhill. The Giants had the opportunity to start fresh and rebuild, but Gettleman and possibly ownership, I say that of course, decided to build a team to compete coming off a 3-13 season. So John Mara has denied the fact that there was a mandate from ownership to stick with Eli Manning here in 2018, but I don't know how much I believe John Mara at this point, but he did say on record that he did not force Dave Gettleman to keep Eli Manning. So anyway, Eli Manning is kept, and the season goes on the way it did, and things did not go too well. The Giants hired a new head coach in Pat Shermer. He was a previous offensive coordinator with the Minnesota Vikings, had previous head coaching experience with the Browns about, I don't know, six, seven years prior to that. It did not go too well. So he was the next head coach of the Giants. So we'll look at some of the key offseason moves here from 2018. There were a lot to go over here. They traded defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul, which was a move at the time as a Giants fan. I was pretty happy about Jason Pierre-Paul was making a lot of money. He wasn't exactly the same player he once was. He had some injuries. And I figured this was the move to help start the rebuild. And then, of course, the Giants acquired Alec Ogletree, middle linebacker from the Rams, a couple weeks later. Now, Jason Pierre-Paul had a big contract, but so did Alec Ogletree. Alec Ogletree was making $12 million per year the next two years for the Giants. And Alec Ogletree played like crap. He had a lucky season of having like six interceptions his first year here. But outside of that, the guy was useless and definitely not worth it. He is somehow still in the NFL today. All right, so now to the draft. The Giants have the second overall pick in 2018, their highest draft pick since taking Lawrence Taylor back in, I think, 1981, and they take Saquon Barkley second overall. So this, of course, was a pick where everything could have changed. The Giants could have went for a quarterback or traded back and helped their future picks. But no, they take Saquon Barkley and really tell us Giants fans we are going to compete now. After Saquon Barkley, they take left guard Will Hernandez, 34th overall. Their third round picks were Lorenzo Carter and BJ Hill, guys who had some success here. They signed left tackle Nate Solder for four years and $62 million, the highest paid left tackle in football at that time. They signed guard Patrick Omame for three years, $15 million, and Kareem Martin, an outside linebacker, got three years and $15 million as well. 
The Giants signed veteran running back Jonathan Stewart for two years and $8.2 million. I don't think he even played as a Giant. Terrible signing. They moved on from tackle slash guard Justin Pugh. He went to the Cardinals. Moved on from Ross Cockrell, the cornerback. Moved on from uh, Devon Kennard and released Romeo Aquara defensive end. So how did this 2018 season go? Well, let's get into that. So they started out 1-7. So once again, this team was supposed to compete here. They were supposed to be a 9-10-11 win team and make the playoffs. They started out 1-7 and and realized pretty quickly, we are not a good football team. So their record was 5-11. They tried to compete. They traded their defensive tackle, Damon Snacks Harrison, to the Detroit Lions for, I believe, a fifth-round pick and traded their former first-round corner cornerback who was not a Dave Gettleman pick it was Jerry Reese Eli Apple to the New Orleans Saints for two draft picks including a fourth rounder Eli Manning did not live up to what Dave Gettleman expected to in 2018 and Dave Gettleman famously said when he was first hired that basically Dave Gettleman watched one game of Eli Manning back from the 2017 season and Dave Gettleman said if what I saw against Philadelphia was not a mirage Eli can still play. So, yeah, I mean, it was obviously not the right choice to stick with Eli Manning for one more year. And a fan like myself who could tell Eli Manning was on the decline, I don't know why they brought him back. But, of course, the Giants had a lot of ties and a lot of familiarity with Eli Manning. It was tough to move on because he won this organization two Super Bowls. Another one, this is funny, this is definitely one of the things Dave Gutterman has been known for. Dave Gutterman openly mocks analytics after the Saquon Barkley pick. One of the beat writers for the Giants asked about the value of the running back position and then Dave Gettleman pretty much brushed it aside and imitated a guy typing on a keyboard and made fun of analytics well now who's the last one laughing Mr. Gettleman you know like I said I think a lot of that's nonsense I think it's I think it's someone who had this idea and and uh, got into the analytics of it and did all these running backs and went through the whatever there's there's hey Jonathan Stewart's in his 10th year and he's hardly lost anything And if I happened to be in the media that day, I would have asked this simple question. Well, Mr. Gellerman, his yards per carry has declined the past three years. What do you mean he hasn't lost anything? Dave Gellerman compared trade offers for the number two pick to a bag of donuts, a hot pretzel, and a hot dog. So, of course, Dave Gellerman was asked, why didn't you trade back from the number two spot? And Dave Gellerman pretty much said... Teams were offering a bag of donuts, hot pretzels, and hot dogs, and Dave Gettleman did not even want to pick up the phone when teams were offering for the second overall pick. And if I was the owner right there, I would have fired the guy because that right there is the sign of an incompetent GM. But of course, Dave Gettleman is still the GM of the Giants here in 2021, somehow. So 2018 ends in massive disappointment. They go 5-11, and and now we'll get on to the 2019 offseason. Well, luckily for Dave Gettleman, nothing can really top as bad as 2018 was, but 2019 was really not that much better. 2019 was finally the season the Giants decided to rebuild. Well, kind of. Their heir apparent to Eli Manning was drafted number six overall, Daniel Jones, and star wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. was traded for draft picks and a young safety in Jabril Peppers to the Cleveland Browns. They hit the reset button in offseason too late, but Dave Gutterman was now given the opportunity to build something here. With the rebuild executed correctly, the Giants could have put themselves in a position to compete by 2020 or 2021. And as we know today, that was not the case. So the key offseason moves in 2019. Wide receiver Odell Beckham was traded to Cleveland, as I mentioned. Defensive end Olivier Vernon was traded to Cleveland for guard Kevin Zeitler, which actually was a pretty good move. Zeitler was kind of expensive, but a good move by the Giants, a team that desperately needed some offensive line help. Safety Landon Collins walks and signs with the Washington football team. This one 
one was a bit puzzling considering the Giants were a bad team halfway through 2018 and knew that Landon Collins was probably not going to come back. They could have, of course, traded Landon Collins for reportedly a second-round pick during the 2018 season, but let him walk and got a late third-round comp pick in return. So not really the best move there by the Giants GM and a move that really had no foresight because if they knew Landon Collins was walking, why not trade him six months prior? They signed wide receiver Golden Tate at 30 years old for four years and $37.5 million. Not really the best move and the best way to replace Odell Beckham Jr., who at the time was one of the best wide receivers in football. They signed outside linebacker Marcus Golden for one year, $3.7 million. This was an excellent move as Golden had a 10-sack season the next year. Wide receiver Sterling Shepard was a Extended for four years and $41 million. Not really the best contract because Shepard has not been able to stay healthy, unfortunately. They drafted quarterback Daniel Jones, number six overall. This one is not looking that great right now, I'll put it that way. They drafted defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence, number 17 overall, not looking that great either. And of course, trading up and drafting cornerback DeAndre Baker, number 30 overall, who spent one season on the Giants only because of some off-the-field issues. He was released an off-season later. They drafted outside linebacker O'Shane Zimenez, number 95 overall, and he's an afterthought right now just a couple years later. They signed free safety Antoine Bethea for two years and $6.5 million. That was a terrible move. They signed swing tackle Mike Remmers for one year, $2.5 million. That was a pretty good move. And of course, drafted cornerback Sam Beal, third round in the supplemental draft. Beal only played six games in 2019 and recently got released by the Giants after not contributing whatsoever. So how did the 2019 season go? Well, Eli Manning started the first two games and he had a 20-something million dollar cap hit, $21, $22 million. He starts two games and then was benched for Daniel Jones. So if Eli Manning was going to have a two-game leash, why not just cut the guy in the offseason and save $20 million and use that $20 million to, I don't know, help your offensive line, help your young quarterback in Daniel Jones. But of course, the Giants let a $21, $22 million cap hit in Eli Manning sit the bench for most of the season. Anyway, the Giants started out 2-11 that year, the worst start in franchise history. They tied a franchise-worst nine-game losing streak in 2019. They traded a third and future fourth-round pick for defensive tackle Leonard Williams from the Jets. This was a very controversial move considering that Leonard Williams was an impending free agent just a few months later and the Giants were in the midst of a lost season. Now with that said, Leonard Williams is a good football player, but Leonard Williams had all the leverage when negotiating with the Giants because he knew the Giants would not let him walk because they would look very stupid if they decided to do that. Williams was given a franchise tag after this offseason, then signed a massive contract this past offseason where he's making $21 million per year. Another problem with the Leonard Williams trade is that Dave Gettleman never gave us a good answer as to why he made that trade. Why give up assets in a lost season for a guy who's going to be a free agent? Well, Dave Gettleman said he wanted to get a look at Leonard Williams in this defense, but the Giants defensive coordinator was fired that next offseason, so that obviously was not a good reason either. Wide receiver Golden Tate was suspended four games for PEDs prior to week one. Cornerback Janoris Jenkins was cut in December for an incident on Twitter. Jabril Peppers and Evan Engram ended the season on IR. And Giants head coach Pat Shermer was fired after only two seasons. And Dave Gettleman still remained with the Giants, which makes no sense. So why was Pat Shermer the scapegoat and not the guy who picked the players for him and did a terrible job of doing that? I'm really not sure, and it really made no sense because now the Giants are in a situation even here in 2021 where the head coach and GM are on a different timeline, and the Giants are in this awkward position where the head coach 
really should not go after two years. Maybe he should. I don't know how you feel about Joe Judge, but Dave Gettleman is most definitely gone after this year. So the Giants may be in a position this offseason where they might have to hire the most qualified GM who is willing to work with Joe Judge, which is a terrible way to hire a GM. And you can say what you want about Pat Shermer. He was not a leader of men, not a great head coach, but the man was given the death sentence the second he signed up for this job. Dave Gettleman put him in no position to succeed. The the roster was terrible. He was pretty much forced to stick with Eli Manning, and the guy was never given a fair shot. So with that said, I kind of feel bad for Pat Shermer, but he wasn't a great head coach anyway. So anyway, 2019 was clearly a rebuilding year. It did not go that great, but at least the Giants saw some strides from their young quarterback, Daniel Jones. Well, at least we thought. On to the 2020 offseason, Dave Gettleman's third offseason. You can argue he should not have made it this far. He should have been fired along with Pat Shermer, but here we are. The team direction at this point. So COVID made the 2020 NFL season difficult for everybody, but especially the Giants with Eli Manning now retired and a brand new coaching staff. The Giants shockingly hired Joe Judge, who brought a different style from the previous two head coaches, but he won the fan base over right away. Along with Judge, the Giants also hired Patrick Graham as defensive coordinator and former Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator. This was the season the Giants had to see quote-unquote progress, and technically, they got progress. As for Gettleman, it was a bit surprising he was not relieved of his duties along with Pat Shermer, but he was given a longer leash. So the key offseason moves in the 2020 COVID offseason. They franchise-tagged Leonard Williams' defensive tackle, which I mentioned before. They re-signed linebacker David Mayo for three years and $8.4 million. They re-signed outside linebacker Marcus Golden for one year and $5 million. Safety Antoine Bethay was released. Kareem Martin was released. Alec Ogletree was released. Eli Manning retires. They signed cornerback James Bradbury from Carolina for three years and $45 million. Signed inside linebacker Blake Martinez for three years and $30 million. Signed tight end Levine Toilolo for two years and $6.2 million. Signed outside linebacker Kyler Fackrell for one year, $4.6 million. Drafted offensive tackle, left tackle, number four overall, Andrew Thomas. Signed safety, Xavier McKinney, number 36 overall. And drafted offensive tackle, Matt Parrott, number 99 overall. So how did this 2020 season go for the Giants? Well, they went 6-10, and 10, but things got much better the second half of the year. Left tackle, Nate Solder, opted out in 2020 due to COVID. Rookie safety, Xavier McKinney, starts the year off on IR. They signed safety slash cornerback Logan Ryan for a one-year, $5 million contract. They signed kicker Graham Gano in August, formerly with the Carolina Panthers. They traded for Broncos cornerback Isaac Yadam for a seventh-round pick. 2019's first-round pick DeAndre Baker is waived due to off-field issues. Saquon Barkley tears his ACL in Week 2 at Chicago. The team starts 1-7 in the regular season yet again, which the Giants have been very accustomed to in recent years. Daniel Jones statistically regresses in his first season with Jason Garrett. Cornerback slash safety Logan Ryan is extended for three years and $31 million. So 2020 had its hits and misses. They definitely signed some good players. James Bradbury was a good signing for the most part. Drafting Andrew Thomas and Xavier McKinney right now looks like great moves in the first two rounds, but also some very bad things happening. First and foremost, the signing of Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator could not have gone any worse. Daniel Jones showed some real strides in his rookie year, but ever since Jason Garrett came here, they made him an 
ultra-conservative quarterback and made Daniel Jones, well, really boring and really not that much better, if at all better. The hiring of Joe Judge definitely does not look great right now considering he's had a very down 2021 season. Ever since tearing his ACL in Week 2 in 2020, Saquon Barkley has been half the player he used to be. And you can argue that the Giants having success in the second half of 2020 made the Giants go all in for 2021, which really put them in a bad spot considering where we are today. If the Giants did not end the 2020 season going 5-3, and three, do they go all in for Kenny Galladay, Adoree Jackson, Kyle Rudolph, Devontae Booker, and make all those signings? You could argue maybe not, but they saw enough progress where they thought 2021 was the year to go all in, but obviously that has backfired based on how 2021 has gone a year later. Now on to 2021, we'll start with the team direction. After seeing the minor progress in 2020, the Giants front office decided to go all in for the 2021 season. It was now year three of quarterback Daniel Jones and year four of GM Dave Gettleman. The Giants would spend over $200 million in free agency and drastically improve their team on paper in order to fit all these contracts into the salary cap. The Giants had to push some money down the road, which isn't always the best idea, especially if it backfires and the team does not win games like they have this season already. Some of the key offseason moves last offseason or this past offseason, they cut wide receiver Golden Tate and right guard Kevin Zeitler to save themselves a lot of money. Defensive lineman Leonard Williams was extended for three years and $63 million of big payday for Leonard Williams. Defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson signs with the Vikings, so the Giants let him go. Wide receiver Kenny Galladay is signed for four years and $72 million. Cornerback Adoree Jackson is signed for three years and $39 million. Running back Devontae Booker is signed for two years and $5.5 million. Tight end Kyle Rudolph is signed for two years and $12 million. Linebacker Reggie Ragland signed for one year at $1.1 million. Wide receiver John Ross is signed for one year and $2.25 million. And outside linebacker Ifadi Adenabo is signed for one year and $2.5 million, although he did not make the roster because he could not fit at his new position. The Giants in the draft traded back with the Chicago Bears and acquired their 2022 first-round pick. Of course, the Bears took Justin Fields. Now the Giants have the Bears' first-round pick in this upcoming draft. They traded back with the Miami Dolphins and acquired a 2022 third-round pick when they traded back in the second round. The Giants Giants selected wide receiver Kadarius Toney number 20 overall, selected outside linebacker Aziz Ojolari number 50 overall, selected cornerback Aaron Robinson number 71 overall, and signed a handful of death pieces for the offensive line before the season, including Ben Bredesen and Matt Skura and some other guys. So during the 2021 season, here's what's happened. Afadi Adenabo does not play a game. It's a $1 million cap hit for the Giants after they cut him. Three or four roster bubble players retired during the preseason slash training camp. Nick Gates suffers a season-ending leg injury in week two, has multiple surgeries, I think like seven surgeries to repair that injury. Linebacker Blake Martinez tears his ACL in week three. Saquon Barkley injures his ankle in week four and is out multiple weeks. Left tackle Andrew Thomas was placed on IR for three games. Wide receiver Kenny Galladay has missed multiple weeks since week four with a knee injury. Dave Gettleman's seat is scorching hot at this moment. Joe Judge and Daniel Jones' futures are up in the air. Of course, offensive coordinator Jason Garrett was fired recently. 
owner John Mara could make wholesale changes if things do not change during this 2021 season. And as we sit here today, it's unclear whether Daniel Jones will play again this year. We already know Jake Fromm may star against the Chargers next Sunday. We're not really sure what the status is of Daniel Jones's neck injury for the rest of the year. So why did 2021 go so wrong for the Giants? Well, maybe they first off overestimated where they were as a team. Maybe they thought they were very close to competing and needed to add a few more pieces, but that obviously was not the case. They, of course, have faced some injuries. Definitely have to put that in there between Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Sterling Shepard, Blake Martinez, Nick Gates, probably some other guys I'm forgetting. The Giants have been pretty heavily injured so far this year, but that's not the entire reason why they've been a bad football team. Jason Garrett's offense really did not improve whatsoever, even adding some of the offseason pieces they did and getting Saquon Barkley back. Their former sixth overall pick, Daniel Jones, has not formed into the player that Dave Gettleman had envisioned when they drafted him in 2019. Same can be said for Saquon Barkley, who since tearing his ACL in 2020 has taken a massive step back as a player. The Giants have still to yet fixed their offensive line, which is actually funny because Gettleman, the only thing he was really known for when coming here was being the offensive line guy, but he still can't build an offensive line for this team four off seasons later. The Giants defense definitely started out slow and had their rough moments against good offenses like the Buccaneers and the Rams, for instance, but recently their defense is playing very well and is the reason they've had a couple wins so far this year. And of course, Joe Judge. Joe Judge has really disappointed as the Giants head coach so far. His timeout management has been terrible. The discipline on this team is terrible. He has not been a good head coach so far, and his offensive game plans have been so conservative, it's really tough to win that way. So with that said, let's go into the big picture. Why has Dave Gettleman failed as a Giants GM since 2018? So I wrote down four reasons here as to where did Dave Gettleman go wrong, in my opinion. Obviously, there's more reasons, and I want to hear from you guys in the comments as well. Where do you think he went wrong? My number one here is not understanding the modern NFL. So Dave Gettleman took this job in 2017 with the philosophy of saying, you got to run the ball, you got to stop the run, you got to pressure the passer. Ironically, none have been fixed in four off seasons, but notice how he doesn't address anything about the passing game. Passing attempts, passing touchdowns, passer ratings, etc. have been increasing every year since the 1950s. You have to adapt or die. And Dave Gettleman has clearly not adapted until it was too late. Number two for me is not understanding positional value. Now, positional value is something I get in arguments about all the time on Twitter. Some people believe in it and some people don't. But I think it's a realistic thing. Like, look at the franchise tag numbers. Why do quarterbacks cost way more than tight ends and running backs? Why do edge rushers cost way more than linebackers. It's positional value. Some positions are worth more and contribute more and make a bigger impact than other positions. Yes, there are impacts. There are great players. There are Bobby Wagners at linebacker. There are the Travis Kelsey types at tight end. There are outliers to this method, but for the most part, positional value is something that most GMs, if not all, should go by. So in my definition, the idea of positional value can be defined as certain positions are often worth drafting early or spending more assets for based on the landscape of the league, impact the position has on games, and the value of said position based on the rookie contract. For example, when the Giants took Saquon Barkley in 2018, he was immediately a top five paid running back in football. 
you see almost zero value from the rookie contract. Same can be said when the Giants selected two-down run stopper Dexter Lawrence 17th overall in 2019. Spending a mid-first round pick on a 340-pound player to stop the run is unacceptable in a passing league. Lawrence is a nice player, but the value was never there. Number three is not understanding analytics until two years in. I am still skeptical to this day that Gettleman truly understands analytics, but he certainly did not when he took the job over in 2018. Nothing has symbolized that more of that picture when Gettleman was imitating the guy on the computer like the one I showed before when talking about Jonathan Stewart in 2018. He was certainly behind the times and he never had a good process and it hurt him. So I'll be the first to tell you, you should not build your team entirely based on analytics, but when the 31 other teams around the NFL are using analytics to their advantage and Dave Gettleman's the one guy who thinks he can just watch tape and make every decision for his own based on what his eyes are telling him that's a problem when you can look at different numbers and different trends around the league using analytics and you don't use them to your advantage you're just a moron you're egotistical and you're a moron at that point and that's what Dave Gettleman is in my opinion and as I mentioned it was funny enough how just a couple years later Gettleman said they had hired some quote-unquote computer folks and owner John Mara admitted they are deeper into analytics than ever before so it took two off seasons for the Giants to really adapt to analytics, but at that point, it was too late. Number four is his snarkiness and ego, although I wrote snakiness, but yeah, I meant snarkiness. You get it. Gettleman certainly has funny moments with the media, but he does come across as an arrogant guy that thinks he knows things that the rest of the league does not know. For example, when reporter Kim Jones asked why the pass rush is not coming along in two years, Gettleman responded with, Rome wasn't built in a day, darling. But in Gettleman's accent, it was, Rome wasn't built in a day, darling, or something along those lines. Speaking of his ego, he likes to refer to his quote-unquote resume when questioned about his struggles with the Giants. It was a resume heavily influenced by other people, including Marty Herney, Bill Polian, and Ernie Accorsi. Maybe Gettleman was a good scout, but certainly does not have what it takes to be a competent GM in the NFL. It takes more than looking at players and realizing, are they good? So that is why I pretty much have had a problem with Gettleman from the beginning. He never had a good process. I can deal with a good process and bad results, but when you have a bad process, process and bad results that's when I want to put my head through a wall I'm oh that's a window but you get what I mean like when you're out here trying to sell us fans that Saquon Barkley and Nate Solder are going to make the difference and make this 3-13 and football team into a playoff contender that's when I question what the hell you're doing and I think as fans we're allowed to have our own thoughts and speak for ourselves we don't have to have blind optimism and think everything our teams do is great some fans live by that I don't I think it's it's very fine to sit there and make your own opinion like you know think do I have a good team or do I not and for the past four years I've been saying to you guys it's got me a lot of heat on here I get it I've always been less optimistic about the Giants than most other people have now there will come a day hopefully one day soon where I am optimistic about the Giants and I can sit here and be excited about the future and where this team's going but as of now I'm known as the pessimistic Giants fan because I just have not been able to get on board with most of what Gettleman has been doing. I admit that in 2020, they had a better offseason, a good offseason. In 2021, I was excited because they got some big names like Galladay and Dory Jackson, but so far it has not worked out. So I love to sit here and be happy all the time and feel about the Giants the way I do about the Brooklyn Nets because they're actually a good team. But I also can't sit here and lie to you guys and be like, oh, the Giants are in a great spot. I love what they're doing when I don't really feel that way. So I don't come on here to lie to you guys. So for those who have considered me pessimistic over the years. I apologize, but I was just trying to speak my mind. 
I was hoping that somehow I'd be wrong, but sometimes these things are too easy to see. When you try to sell us fans that you can win and rebuild at the same time, which doesn't it doesn't happen, that's when I'm like, no, I don't trust you. Like I never trusted Gettleman, and although he's gotten better since 2020, he made too many mistakes in 2018 and 2019 that are still hurting him today, aka Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. So do I think Gettleman possibly learned from his mistakes? I do think that's possible. I do think he came in here with a lot of arrogance and a lot of ego. And I think the first two years here really taught him something. But by the time it was, you know, until it was too late, he couldn't change his ways. The 2018-2019 already was so detrimental to the Giants that it couldn't be fixed. When you spend a second overall pick, a pick as valuable as that on a running back, and it doesn't work out, like Saquon Barkley would have literally had to have put up Hall of Fame numbers every single year for that pick to be worth it. And that, that of course, never happened. It happened for one year, but that's one out of four. And when you take Daniel Jones six overall, a guy that most boards had in the second round, maybe a late first round pick, you take that gamble and you take Daniel Jones over other guys in the class. It wasn't a good quarterback class, but just taking him over Dwayne Haskins at the time was looked at as crazy. When you take that shot, you better be right. It's very possible to be overconfident in your own evaluation. The Las Vegas Raiders are very notorious for this in recent years, overdrafting guys like Henry Ruggs and overdrafting guys like Alex Leatherwood and overdrafting guys like uh, Cleveland Farrell. Like they take guys and Damon Arnett, like they take guys way higher than they should. Like they can wait 20, 30 picks before those guys actually go off the board. So the Raiders are notorious for this, and now the Raiders are not in the best spot, as we know. And Dave Gellman kind of got stuck in this as well, where he kind of gets overconfident in his evaluation. Well, the rest of the league doesn't like Daniel Jones, but I see something. Pat Shermer sees something. Let's take that guy six overall. So things like that will happen. And, and then, you know, there's times where you have Dexter Lawrence sitting there 17th overall, and you're thinking to yourself, well, we need offensive line help, we need an edge rusher, but let's get another run stopper. It's things like that where it's like, I can't get behind that as a fan. I understood that Dexter Lawrence was a pretty good football player when we took him, but just that pick didn't make too much sense to me. So that's why it's been hard for me to be a good fan, quote unquote. I try to just kind of take all that out sometimes and just watch the games and just root for the best outcome. But at the same time, it's like, in the back of my mind, I know this team is not that good and they're not going anywhere. That's why it's been so tough, like just not even as a content creator, just as a fan to, to really get behind what they're doing. So I pray to God, I pray every night, honestly, that they get this right. Because if we get a good GM that actually knows stuff and, you know, hopefully get a, a good head coach next year. I don't know if Joe Judge is back or not, but I can live without him. I mean, if we can get the right GM and the right head coach, things can change very quickly. Some people think rebuilds take five years. They don't. It could take two off seasons. You might have a good team in two years. So, you know, they got to make some changes. The head coach, the GM, I believe they need a quarterback change. I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy, even with a better offensive line in front of him. I don't think he's that great. Um, Saquon Barkley, I think the Giants are better without him and his cap hit next year. So there's changes that should be made, but will they be made? That's the thing. We have to see what John Merritt does. As for Dave Gettleman, the guy the video is about, he's gone. I've known, I've mentally kind of checked out of the whole Gettleman thing. I didn't even want to make this video because it's a long video and it took a lot of time, but I've been mentally checked out on Gettleman since week three. Once they lost to Atlanta in week three, I said, all right, that's it for Gettleman. He's gone. So it's kind of been off my mind. I have not complained about him much lately because I know mentally that man's been done for a long time. He's a dead man walking at this point. So in January, Dave Gettleman 
will not be the uh, general manager of the Giants anymore? Will Joe Judge and Daniel Jones still be here and Saquon Barkley by the time next year comes around? We'll see. As I said, in my opinion, I do believe the Giants are better moving away from those guys, but we'll wait and see what happens, I guess. So anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed this video. I know it's a longer one, but there was a lot to talk about, obviously. I was thinking about making possibly like an alternate universe type video where the Giants make, let's say the Giants made different moves. Let's say they traded back in 2018. Where would the Giants be today? So if you're interested in that kind of video, there's a lot of hypotheticals. I get it. But I would like to kind of go back in time and see what the Giants could have been if they went different directions. So if you guys want a video like that, let me know in the comments. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this video and I'll talk to you guys next time.